not only are we going to New Hampshire, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Hey, welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge, the number one show in all of the world. Talking about everything healthcare related. This is a great day to be uh, in Nebraska. We're 50 days from the Iowa caucuses, and we got a plan from a presidential candidate this week. Ben Carson released his healthcare plan, and we've talked about it a little bit in the first two segments. We're going to have Sean McGuire jump in the conversation, and I'd like to welcome Sean back from uh, his trip. He is in Ohio, or at least traveling from Ohio. Hopefully he's on the side of the road and not uh, still trying to drive and talk at the same time because we got a lot of stuff to cover in a short time to do it. Welcome back, Sean. Hey, how's it going? Doing great. Yourself? Not too bad. I'm actually in Iowa at the world's largest truck stop. That is awesome, and you're in a great place because we're actually 50 days, 11 hours, 30 minutes, and 6 seconds from the Iowa caucuses, and Ben Carson, one of the contending Republican candidates, just released his plan on health care, and we'd like to get you to talk a little bit about what you think of it and uh, what you think the other candidates should be talking about. Sure. Aside from Dr. Paul, he's the only physician in the race that uh, gives him an interesting perspective, having the clinician side of things, actually, that uh, is the person that is affected by all these rules and regulations. And so I would have imagined that he's had a lot of exposure to these things, and that probably kind of fueled his thinking and putting this together. I think uh, some of the things are, are pretty good, but I think that they're going to get some resistance. Uh, in particular, he uh, one of the things that caught my attention was uh, raising the Medicare eligibility age to 70 years old, and I think that's going to be a difficult um, sell to the American public. And I think if that were in a plan that went to Capitol Hill, it would probably be dead on arrival because one of the most vocal groups uh, in America are senior citizens who are on Medicare, and 10,000 of them are going on that program every day. And so raising that to 70 years old uh, could cause a lot of of blowback. Well, and those guys are the highest uh, turnout voters. And so, you know, they, you hit a good point there, 70. They want to raise the retirement age on Medicare, correct, to 70 in his plan. And I'm sure he's not going to make it happen overnight. It's probably going to be gradual, and so the real losers are our generation, right? younger people, because now we have to work even longer to, to gain benefits and still have to, again, pay into the system through the payroll tax. Right, and he also wants to change Medic- the, the way uh, the Medicare payment is provided, correct? Correct. He wants to uh, give people the option to have private health insurance uh, plans, use those funds uh, for plans. And there are some things that are good, but there are some things that are bad. For example, when you look at 
a typical health care plan that's through a private health insurance company, the deductibles are much higher than what individuals on Medicare would be used to seeing. Um, their supplemental plans are, you know, much less cost. And so uh, I, I don't know if the benefits are necessarily going to be better. I'd have to see that. Um, you know, the argument is that private health insurance companies uh, can be more efficient. However, Medicare does run at a much lower administrative cost than private health insurance companies. Um, so I, I just don't know. I, I think um, it's got some great ideas, but I have to look at it more in detail to really give full analysis. Right. And so he also talked about uh, increasing the use of uh, health savings accounts and moving more towards high deductible insurance plans. Um, I like I, I like the part about how he wants to introduce uh, health savings accounts to people at, at, as they are born. Right. Uh, I think that's smart because they could allow, that would allow them to build a pool of money that they could use um, to uh, pay for health care expenses and allow that to grow tax deferred. Right. Um, so there's some, some major advantages to that, and I think that that actually is a good idea. Right. And. Um, are you, did you see the uh, AEI plan that they released this week and some of the pitfalls of that plan? Uh, I did not. Well, I could react to them. What were some of them? Well, some of the, well, some of their thoughts was that. Uh, uh, let's see here. Um, the first one was uh, it should be replaced with a genuine consumer-driven driven approach. Uh, the ACA moved power and authority over the direction from the consumers to the federal government. The plan should be more decentralized with consumers giving, given the ability to make choices for themselves and authority return to the states to oversee the health care markets. Uh, I gotcha. Yeah. Well, I, 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 yeah, I understand where they're coming from, but actually the, the reality is uh, consumers are now more, have more consumer-driven health care plans because all of these plans under the ACA are high deductible. Right. So people have to pay first dollar coverage for a lot a lot of uh, services that they might not have had to do so in the past. And so it's happening already. Um, it's just a matter of educating the public about the fact that there are other places that you can seek health care that are much lower than uh, places that you might be going currently. So one of the emergency room and other things. See this plan here. One of my biggest problems with this plan this that I, that I was looking at was that it never talked about medications. It didn't talk about the shortage of medical professionals that we have talked about on this show, as well as the lack of transparency in pricing. And those to me are essential to, if you're going to reform healthcare, I think those are things that need to be uh, involved in that discussion because those are just as essential to quality of care uh, as, as in uh, Dr. Carson's plan. Yeah, well, drug companies and drug costs are just completely out of control, and there's really no checks and balances because they just were cut a deal. Were one of the the main negotiators when the act was put together, and they were taxed eighty five billion dollars, which uh, is an awful lot of money on an industry that's a ton of money. Right. But they passed a lot of that on to consumers already, and since then, there's really no checks and balances to stop them from reducing their costs and prevent them from raising their costs. And the fact that they, the deal that they also cut prevented reimportation of drugs from countries like Canada, where they're much cheaper, uh, was part of, part of Obamacare, folks. Right. And so we are now dealing with exchanges and high-deductible plans that 
not only do we see the premiums going up, but we see deduct deductibles going through the roof. Uh, it's open enrollment season. So what have you seen as far as enrollment numbers and where are we going with this open enrollment uh, this season? Well, I think um, the, the, the industry, the, the healthcare insurance industry and other things have really stepped up to the plate uh, to make it more efficient for individuals to work with healthcare.gov. So remember that two years ago it was a disaster. Right, the healthcare uh, and, IT fail. Yes, <laughs> and then the next year it got a little bit better. And, and this year it's, it's much better because they're allowing you to determine whether or not your doctor might be in your network. Fortunately for us this year we don't really have any networking concerns. However, folks need to pay attention to the specific plan because if it's cheaper, it might have network restrictions. Uh, but again, last year we obviously had a big fight that we uh, we talked about it many times at length. Right. Uh, and also, um, I think um, people need to know that uh, by December fifteenth, which is is that Monday or Tuesday? It's Tuesday. If, if they want insurance through uh, you know through uh, the healthcare.gov. They need to make that happen uh, by that date uh, to have it effective 1-1 of 2016. They still have uh, some time next year to sign up, but that coverage wouldn't start until the beginning of the next month. Right, and so, so uh, folks need to know that. And so, with the open enrollment deadline looming, just Tuesday, folks. If you haven't got your health care insurance, you got to get it by Tuesday. Otherwise, you won't have it on 1-1 of 2016. Uh, there are many different things that you do with E.D. Bellis Healthcare Consultants, and and it is awesome to have you here uh, in Omaha and have you traveling the country spreading the news of healthcare reform. What is the latest and greatest offering that E.D. Bellis has for businesses that are looking for someone to help them with? We have a complete compliance and liability audit that we're now able to deliver for, for small and mid-sized businesses. And I'll tell you why this is important. We have delivered over 100 different audits uh, on businesses across the heartland, and every single one of them was out of compliance in one way or another. I'll give you an example. I-9. So when you hire somebody, they have to fill out an I-9 form. Almost every single person we have found has had an incorrect I-9 in their file. And you know what the penalty is for that is fifteen hundred dollars. Wow, per penalty. Okay. Other things, maybe you have businesses in different states. Different um, states have different rules and regulations that folks need to be aware of. For example, sometimes when they hire uh, have somebody fill out an application, they have to determine whether or not they're a felon or not, or if they've been convicted of a crime. Well, certain states you can't ask that. And so one of the things to do, the first step we do is actually pull all of the employee files from the HR department to audit them to make sure that they're okay, but then go through things like their handbook, and we find things like, oh, wow, the handbook um, doesn't have that, and it's, you're not supposed to have certain things in certain states, and so there's penalties there that they could get in trouble for. Right, and one of the... Oh, go ahead. Oh, it, 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 the list goes on and on. It's, a, it's about reducing liability, and we're able to deliver this in a relatively short amount of time uh, two folks uh, in that have uh, problems and questions just to want to know if they're okay should they ever get audited. And Department th of Labor, another one. Right. And then one of the coolest things I think that I've seen that you've come out with is the automated 
uh, forms uh, that that uh, you all can fill out for the IRS uh, that uh, all businesses have to uh, fill out. And now you have an automated tool that allows those businesses to file automatically with the IRS, correct? Yes, we do. We can uh, a simple five-step process. And many businesses do not realize this. And um, it's something that municipalities had previously not had to do in the, in the past, but because of how the ACA was structured, they now have to do. So I was just in Indiana visiting with a uh, municipality, of, uh, a really nice community, right in the heartland of Indiana, right near where Hoosiers, uh, that movie, happened. Okay. And um, they didn't even realize that they had to do this until recently, and their HR person is completely overwhelmed because it takes a minimum of 15 minutes per form and every business that's over 50 and offers insurance has to, to fill out these forms for, for their employees. And uh, they just didn't really know where to start. And we're able to just streamline that process and help them put that you know in, an, in a simple um, Excel spreadsheet. And then we can take that data and put it on the uh, forms and send them along to the federal government. And the nice thing is you're one of the lowest provide the lowest cost providers of this service in the business per form, correct? Yes. Yes. Most organizations charge per form per employee and we charge uh, a flat fee similar to getting your taxes done. And uh, it's going to have to happen every year. So we can uh, do that. And then we can also train the human resources department on how to do this. So if they want to internalize this process in the future and be able to just do it themselves and save money, we can help them with that as well. So what's, so, so if there's a business that wants your service, how can they get a hold of you, Sean McGuire, to give them the best rundown of what Edie Bellis has to offer? We just need to schedule a preliminary consultation. That's uh, no obligation just a, a, a conversation about how we can help their business and they can get in touch uh, two ways. First of all, by calling us at 402-884-9020 or uh, by going to our website, edbellisinc.com. There's a contact us form or you can email info at edbellisinc.com and we will get back to you. Sean, we're going to go to the break. I want you to stay around for the next segment because we're going to talk about news from the road. We're going to talk about 2016 insights into healthcare insurance and healthcare. And we're also going to talk about something that you brought up, physician employment by hospital systems. I'm excited about this next segment. You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge on the mighty 1290 Coil. <laughs> 